0: Hey, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Ecosystem Podcast, where we aim to help you, the big-hearted change maker with a bold vision to build a business that gives you butterflies and a life that makes you want to high-five yourself. How? By addressing the interconnected nature of all that you do. From marketing to mindset and everything in between, we believe your business is more ecosystem than monoculture and that when it comes to creating sustainable success, it's all connected and there is no one size fits all formula. Join us for conversations that embrace nuance, elevate the importance of empathy, and address the diverse and unique strengths that enable entrepreneurs to not just make money, but to make real, lasting, positive change in a regenerative and revolutionary way. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Entrepreneur's Ecosystem. We are here today with the one and only Brittany Herzberg. Holistic health and wellness pros call Brittany Hersberg when they want to show up as the answer to a Googled question and fill their practice with clients that feel like friends. After building a thriving massage practice, she realized most of her clients chose her because of her website. That combined with her 15 years experience in healthcare has shown her that clients search for and book with providers they connect with. She believes the first step to building a practice full of your dream clients is to enlist the help of your website words. As an SEO copywriter, she knows how important it is to showcase your personality, highlight the client experience, and strategically use your client or client's words everywhere. You can usually find her sitting on the floor Parked next to her dog, Jack, with an iced oat milk latte in hand.
1: Welcome, Britt. Thank you. I'm so So excited to be here. I'm so glad you're here. Um, yeah, (laughs) I've been watching your, like been, I mean, I've been following you on social for years now, but I've been watching you lately and like, I don't know the way that your smile is like lighting up your reels. I always get this like warm feeling in my heart (laughs) when I see them. So it's really like, sweet. yeah, thanks for putting the content out there.
2: I'm trying.
1: (laughs) You're killing it. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you've been on an Interesting, winding, (laughs) wild ride of a journey. We first met you and got to know you a little bit. So we'll get into that. We'll tell that story a bit. And first off, I think we would love to start with our usual question: of Do you identify with any characteristics of the assessments and frameworks that help us to? better understand ourselves in a variety of contexts, but specifically in how you run your business. So anything from Colby, StrengthsFinder, astrology, human design, oh, DISC, yeah. like
2: lay, lay it on us. Several of the above. And I actually, you guys are going to laugh because you'll get to see this, but I pulled out my natal chart that I had read in 2018. <laughs> for a birthday present for myself because I can never remember like what's rising what's this what's that so I looked it up and I'm here to report that Taurus is my sun sign I am Libra rising mm-hmm. and the Sagittarius moon so that's happening um the other ones I'm a let's see Enneagram one so I'm a perfectionist <laughs> which you guys got to see um DISC, I'm a strong S followed by an I. So I, I like to make everybody else comfortable, take care of everyone else. And then I also like to network and have fun. And I talk with my hands a lot, which works well for a massage therapy. And then what else did I have on there? I can't remember what else I put, but at least those two. Oh, I'm a manifesting generator.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. How has that combination of insights helped you approach your business and, and build this. I mean, you've come so far and (laughs) we're going to touch on that,
2: but yeah. How, how, how has that helped you? I think it's really helped me understand why I decide to do the things that I do and then know what my strengths are and where I maybe need to call in help. That's really like the biggest thing for me is like, Oh, this makes sense. That's why I did that. Or, you know, I should call this person because I'm not so great at them. (laughs)
1: I have like a specific example of that in relation to any of the things any of the things well you know i guess
2: kind of the best example would be with the massage practice i i am such a networker and i'm such a like i'm a very intentional networker so if i need to send somebody to or if they're asking about an acupuncturist or a chiropractor i'm like well what do you what do you like are you looking for personality are you looking for technique ideally we're trying to find both but sometimes that's really hard so yeah just like really with the matchmaking and that has bled over into copywriting as well just making sure that the the right connections are set up from the beginning
1: cool I like it I was also thinking like a Taurus probably makes such a great like masseuse massage practitioner because they're like so grounded and like thorough and like yeah you know stubborn dealing with stubborn knots i wish you were here right now to be honest but i know you are <laughs> you I, I wish i wish after this i was going to um to your clinic and, and getting massage. definitely i know
2: i get that response a lot but yeah it is um actually you made me think of something that a massage client said he was like you're the most patient and persistent massage therapist i've ever met And i'm yes. like oh yeah so there you go the taurus well and do people
0: give you feedback that you're grounded? and down to earth.
2: They do. And they've even said, you know, the, I have my podcast now with my friend Crystal. And that kind of sprung up after, I don't know, five years of people going, you have a really great voice for podcasting. And I'm like, I don't hear it, but if you do, okay.
1: Cool. What's your podcast oh. called?
2: Uh, the, the Simple and Smart SEO Show. Oh, love it. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. We'll link to that.
1: Definitely.
0: Yeah. I have Taurus Moon and my sister's Taurus sun and mm-hmm. we both often get feedback from people like oh you seem so grounded and so calm and both of us are like oh, what <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you even know who I am like step inside my brain it's a shit show up in here but yeah the, the Taurus vibe just exudes that
2: yeah I think i think we're really good at keeping it in our brain and keeping it like behind the curtain and then it's like if you only do yeah totally
1: yeah yeah i have like no earth at all in my
2: what are yours
1: oh i'm like a cancer uh cancer sun and then sagittarius everything else pretty much oh wow yeah Yeah. (laughs) water, fire, let's go. Um, Brittany, when did we meet? When, when was that? Was that 2019, 2018? 2020. 2020. Year of all years. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, Linda Sidhu actually suggested that I hop in the Grow With Quizzes course. And I think I showed up to the webinar, had no clue who you were, Shanti. And I was like, this chick's pretty cool. All right, I'm in. And I'm really glad I did it, because it was It was my first real taste at copywriting and I loved it and I loved the group and I loved getting the confirmation from both of you that like a lot of the ideas that I had were good ones were solid ones. And then learning what holes to plug. It was, I loved it. I loved everything about that.
0: Yeah. So when you joined, were you considering changing career paths?
2: Was that at all floating in your periphery? I don't think so. I think um, so a little bit, if I back up the timeline a little bit more, obviously March, the world shut down. I want to say it was April, May or June, somewhere in there. I attended Marisa Corcoran's copy chat, her online free online summit and discovered that what I had been doing for myself was copywriting. And I was like, oh, that's what I'm doing. Cool. And around the same time, I had friends of mine in the healthcare space, dentists, chiropractors, massage therapists who were tapping me on the shoulder and saying, hey, will you help me write this thing? Like, I don't know what it is, but you just get me. And I really like how you say these things. And then, you know, like I said, Linda connected me with you guys. I ended up going down that rabbit hole of quizzes and just wanted to make a quiz for myself because I really hadn't focused on building an email list for my massage practice. Mm. And it wasn't necessarily a goal of mine to grow the practice, but it was a goal to nurture them a little bit more. Um, and I in to nurture them with purpose and intention to so learn that. And then fast forward to 2021, still had my massage practice, but I closed it. I was just telling you guys, I moved to Vermont for four months and I went from having 50 massage clients a month to 25 massage clients in four months, mm. crying many of the days, being really upset, you know, one, of course, for money and income and security and safety there. And then two, just because I'm like, I have these skills and I can't help anybody, but like, what else can I do? And I had a few more friends come to me and ask for some more of those copywriting deliverables. And I was like, oh, I guess I could like turn this into a thing. So I had kind of been doing it on the side in 2020, sort of unintentionally. And 2021 was when I was really
1: like, oh, okay, I'm doing this. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. That's actually pretty recent for like, I feel like... I don't know. Yeah. It it really looks like you have learned so much. Um, I just checked back in my emails and like, I was like, I I was like, I'm pretty sure that I was critiquing, um, Brittany's quiz. So, uh, in 2020, one of the bonuses, if you signed up on the webinar or shortly thereafter was like an hour of me on people's quizzes, which is interesting Shanti. Cause that's like, also like what I moved into for my life, what I'm doing now, but I was like, I'm pretty sure it was on Brittany's quiz. So I was just looking at it and that's so neat. That was October, 2020 that you were like optimizing and working on your quiz. And then like less than a year later, you're like, actually copywriting for your business I mean we're a couple years later now but that's really amazing I love it
2: yeah Yeah, I feel like I'm I try to be a sponge at least like I'm I'm the typical like straight a student definitely fall into like I was telling you the perfectionist kind of tendencies and I'm like teach me things I'll learn I'll like do it and I kind of learn a little bit by falling on my face but usually just by hearing what other people say and I'm like okay I'll whatever you tell me like you're the pro I'll do it
1: So when did you start studying SEO?
2: That was a lot more recent. That was, I mean, we're talking a teeny tiny little timeline there, but um, I would say mid 2021. I was on Clubhouse a lot. Have you guys heard of that platform? So I was on Clubhouse and my friend Crystal, who we do the podcast, she and I were on there and we've been friends. And since we've been friends, it's like, I learned this. And she's like, I learned this. So it's just like the swapping of information. And I think we both kind of fostered each other's interest in SEO. So she's a product seller. I'm a service-based provider. So it was really neat to kind of compare notes or say, like, this might be useful, more useful for you. This is a little bit more useful for me. Um, But we were learning and growing and just, uh, again, absorbing knowledge that way. So that was really, like, mid-2020.
1: Cool. How did you guys find each other?
2: We found each other in another group. Yeah, I'm realizing just talking with thought, I'm like, I'm always in groups, um, which makes sense with the eye thing from the disc profile. But we met in Jasmine Star's social curator program.
1: Wow.
2: Um, yeah. So I've had a lot of friendships spiral out of that, too.
0: Oh, uh, that's so neat. Yeah, we were just chatting about how you're still good friends with someone you met in growth quizzes. And that is like one of the pieces of feedback that makes me happier than anything, honestly.
2: Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it has a lot to do with the type of people you do attract. And, you know, I still remember asking you, I don't know why I even thought to ask you this, but I'm like, has a massage therapist ever gone through this course before? And you're like, my sister's a massage therapist and I've been trying to get her to do a quiz, but she hasn't done it. I'm like, oh, cool. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yep. Oh my God. So are you still doing massage or have you fully transitioned and you're working with clients, like give us the today's reality
2: Mm. picture. (laughs) Today's literal reality is that I just drove from doing massages. I (laughs) am back home. (laughs) I have this podcast and then I'll be copywriting later. So cool. That's actually how a typical day is for me. I've got some massage, some copywriting, some lead generation for myself. So a little bit of everything, but later this year, I'll be heavier with the copywriting. So I'm excited about that.
0: Yeah, I love that for you. I do worry about my sister and her full-time, fully booked, super busy massage practice because there's a high level of burnout in that Mm -hmm. profession.
2: Yeah, there is. And that's one thing that I I want the longevity. I want to be around for a while. So right now I've just got a three-day work week with massage therapy. And the other half of the week, I'm doing a lot more with the copywriting, but it is something that I want to continue to do in whatever capacity that is, whether that's like family and friends, or if it's like, I have five clients a week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's rad. Okay. So can we, can we talk about the specific work that you're doing in the copywriting universe, the connection between SEO and client testimonials? and I'm really curious about curious about this because I don't I don't have any clue how the two would necessarily like connect. Can yeah, you give like us the that. for dummies version?
2: Sure. I'll give you the explain it to a 5-year-old version. <laughs> so, SEO for anyone who's not familiar and is listening to this is how you show up as the answer to a googled question. And that's kind of a line that I repeat a lot. And people are like, oh, okay. So it seems to be followed up more with curiosity than confusion. But when our clients are sitting there typing a question into whatever search bar, we want to make sure that we're saying enough that we show up as their answer to that thing. And then hopefully they go on to become our clients. So SEO is a lot for writing for the robots, but it's also a little bit of writing for the humans because we have to get in their head of, What are they searching for? You know, you might have a phrase and I'm never good at coming up with examples on the fly, but you might have a phrase where it's more like your peer would be looking for you versus a client looking to you for guidance. So that's one thing that's really helpful to think through. And client testimonials and not only help with SEO, but they also help with building trust instantly once those people land on your pages. So the way that they really help with SEO is that you don't have to just pull that direct quote and put it on your webpage, but you can even use the client testimonials as inspiration for the headlines, which you guys know are really super important, but our clients are brilliant. like They are so much smarter than we are sometimes because they will put words and phrases in those testimonials that other people are searching for and we might not have thought of. So that's really the way that I tie the two together.
1: I like it. So like finding the voice of customer based on these testimonials and then actually like creating headlines or like even blog posts and that sort mm-hmm. of stuff based around that. And then of course, or maybe not, of course, and then you're putting the testimonials also on the page to create that trust, right? Definitely. Yeah. Show you With yourself. a
2: headshot if possible.
1: Yeah. Smiling. <laughs> smiling, please. Not the, like for anyone. <laughs> yeah. I will admit to knowing almost nothing about SEO. How about you, Shanti?
0: I feel like I know kind of what worked in twenty sixteen, yeah. And so much has changed, and my own knowledge base is not very up to date.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, and it can uh, be like you can get super advanced and super techy with it. What I consider myself an expert on is the on-page SEO, and all that means is like everything that goes into a web page. How can we make this page more likely to show up?
1: Cool. yeah Yeah.
0: so can we can we talk about how we even gather testimonials because this is a big big challenge for a lot of people myself included I'm sure many of our listeners
2: I'm shocked really you find that to be like a a bit of a problem air quote with it really yeah so what is what is it for you what's like the speed bump I think it's a few things
0: and I think it differs a bit between clients, one-on-one clients and students. So with students who've, you know, taken my courses and stuff, there's this friction around like asking them for more of their time and energy in, in that like a part of me feels like it's it's really mostly for me, the, the whole testimonial gathering process, like it's them doing me a favor. And once they enroll in my course or program, my mindset is like, okay, now it's up to me to serve you and do you favors. So, so that's like a mindset thing, I think. And then like, I still do it. I still will make the ads. But I don't know that I'm doing it at the right time. Like everyone has a different point in their journey in quizzes, for example, where they might feel like they've reached the finish line and achieved success with the course. And because it's sort of a self-paced thing for the most part, I don't necessarily know when that is unless they're like communicating it to me. So that's another thing is I'm like, I don't know, the timing is off maybe. And then I've tried and played around with things like incentivizing, getting people to respond and doing like gift cards and stuff so that there is something in it for them. It feels weird for that too. Cause I'm like, am I bribing them to give me a testimonial? So there's like a lot of layers there. And then with a one-on-one client, it hasn't been part of our process. Like I just kind of ignored that part for a long time until recently we have baked it in to to the process. So now it's sort of automated in asking for that feedback. But then again, if I wanted to do like an in-depth case study with a past client. That's like asking for a lot from a business owner who's running like an eight-figure company and managing a team. And like, why would they spend an hour giving me case study material? Like, and that so that's just like my mindset when it's in its shadow realm of like they're busy enough, they don't care. Um, because we've certainly had multiple clients who've been more than happy to do that so not to like scare anyone listening to not do that it's just like my own shit but
2: yeah I don't think you're alone with that I mean that's stuff that I I see and I hear a lot and you brought up like so many different points that we could go down like a whole bunch of different roads but I think I'll start with this and this is something that it even took me some time to learn it's never too early and it's never too late, mm-hmm. whether that's for SEO and your SEO strategy or for collecting and using client testimonials. So can you know, all just take a sigh, like a deep breath with that. Like at least you've learned now so you can start to implement something. And I'm sure we'll come up with like some tips as we talk this out, but never too early, never too late. You're right where you're supposed to be and we're good. But I like to think of like the, interesting ways to gather the testimonials because finding a, like a good, easy point of entry can be really key. So the first thing that I'll suggest that people go do is look back through your emails, your text messages, your Instagram DMs, like wherever clients have given you feedback and just screenshot it. Mm. Make sure that there's like no picture, no name, no identifying information, but it's just like nice words that someone said to you about the thing that you were helping them with. Collect that. You can put that in social posts. You can put that on your website. You can put that in emails. I'm, I'm probably touching on too many points, but like that's an easy like entry point, I think. So does that sound like something that you can do? Yes.
0: And I do that to a degree, but sometimes I fall off the wagon of, do, of doing it and staying on top of it. But I do try and take a screenshot every time I get a nice DM or email or something.
1: Yeah. But like you don't put it very many places. You know, <laughs> no. like it'll be like, uh, we'll be like updating a sales page or the website or something. And it's like, I'll go back into your testimonial thing. I'm like, Shanti, these are all the ones we used before. And then because I'm thinking of I have a friend Morgan and she has a highlight reel. So she just like pretty much posts everything on her stories and then throws it in the highlight reel, just as like. I think it says testimonials. Like she's, she ain't afraid of putting it out there. And so she sent me like, I like, thanks so much. You made this so much easier, etc. Like, I'm so good at writing emails now because of you. And I was like, <laughs> screenshot, um, because, but yeah, but I, and I did post it in my stories, um, which is weird. Cause I don't really post a lot of like work related stuff, but Yeah. I think there's like this discomfort. And I think I see this in Shanti myself and lots of people like discomfort of bragging, you know, you're like, look how much people like me. Cause you're like afraid someone will like respond. Like, well, I don't like you that much or or whatever. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That might, because like for Morgan, for example, like most of her clients come through her Instagram and posting those testimonials on there make a huge difference yep so yeah I don't know I'll how jump to jump on that, past that like of, it's hard this comfort of-
2: it's hard just starting really yeah. I mean that's it's always easier to do something once you've gotten started True. but to your point of feeling braggy and I'm sorry I like jumped in that because I'm like Please. I can talk to this because I felt the same way I'm an introvert I like don't want to brag about myself I just want to want to keep my head down do my work make people happy and like do it on the down low but Seeing those client testimonials, seeing those words, seeing that some you helped somebody else and how you helped them makes a difference to a complete stranger. Mm. I know you guys, like, I know that you do amazing work, but some random person who's just like, I went to make a quiz. Like, they're not going to necessarily know that unless you tell them that. And it's almost easier to say the nice things about yourself when you can just use your clients or your students' words. So it's just, it's all mindset, right? Like, it's all mindset.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I think so too. That's at least 99% of it. <laughs> and then like, so, okay. So are there, when you get past the mindset stuff and you just suck it up and realize you need testimonials, they're important. You got to do the thing. So how do you do the thing? Like, how do you ask?
2: How you ask and like the different ways you can ask are important. So screenshots are obviously the easy ones because you can just go get them. You don't have to ask for permission. You don't have to, you know, do anything difficult other than gather them and use them. The other ways you can do it, you can ask, uh, you know, people can hop on a video with you. They could do a Zoom with you and you can just interview them. I have an offboarding process with my copywriting clients. And in that, sometimes I'll record it. I don't always record it. I ask for permission there. Um, And if it feels natural, I'll go ahead and record it. And then I might jot down some quotes after that video. And then what I might do is send it to the client and say, hey, you know, I really enjoyed chatting with you. You said a few really great things. And I feel like it would help other people to see these things. Would you be okay if I use these three quotes somewhere in my marketing materials? And honestly, like most of the time you're going to get a yes. If you get a no, it's like, well, could you maybe like, could we change the phrasing of this? But yeah, other than that, go for it. So that's one thing is the video. The other that I've done a lot more with recently has been like voice memos. You might use Voxer. You might just like voice memo people on Instagram. You might uh, voice memo them in your text messages. And I'm finding a lot of my clients really like the ease of doing voice memos. So I'll just like send a question. It took me, I kid you not, I think it was like seven weeks of me on and off pestering this client to set up like an, a a call an offboarding call, and she never said no. But she, I, I finally was just like, hey, what if I just like voice memo you? If I ask you a couple questions, can you, can you respond? Did it instantly? Mm-hmm. It was just like instant. That was her. That was her jam. So, even just offering that as an option, you might find that you could be surprised how many people would take you up on that. And then of course, just transcribe that. Same thing. Email it to them. Hey, you know, would you feel comfortable signing off on these? Again, most of the time people are gonna say yes or they might ask you to change a little bit of the wording. And then the final way, which I actually, I ended up taking my protocol, my template and turning it into a paid product because my client asked me to. (laughs) So you can have like a Google form or it's almost like a mini quiz, but with a different purpose. (laughs) So you can ask specific questions about their experience. Like where were they before? Why did they choose to work with you? What was their favorite part of working with you? What opportunities do they see for improving whatever process it is they're working through? And then what wins do they have? So you give them the time to brag too. Mm -hmm. And even just having that question in there is enough to make someone like light up. We all love talking about ourselves. Just in a much more intuitive setting. So yeah, you can do several different things.
1: Mm-hmm. I love this. I love this offboarding call idea too. Not not that we all want to like add more calls, but I, I guess timing wise, especially like something like a, a quiz that Shanti's team writes is like how long does it take to implement it? So would you recommend people like offboard? really soon after they get the deliverables or is this something like three months later when they've gotten some analytics or what What are your thoughts around that? That's a great question. I My first instinct is that it de- probably depends
2: on whatever's going on. The way I handle it is I will get this packet together for them. So they it's a PDF and they click things and can go to their different Google folders. So let's say I have copy for someone Um, for their website. Let's say I have email copy and then I have an SEO strategy. I put those in different folders. So I create this packet. So it's easy for them to just go find it and use it. And that's one of the things I like to do on the offboarding call. So I tend to do my offboarding calls soon after they receive everything. And then I can walk them through, you know, here's where you can find everything. It's super easy. My contact information is at the bottom, but I take that time to let, you know, see if they have any questions or see if anything's still tripping them up or, even do they have any thoughts on other projects that have come to mind while we've been working together? And that has definitely happened with a few people. So it it depends. And if you do an offboarding call like that, another thing that I'll do is kind of come back to the client after three months or so,
0: mm-hmm.
2: especially if it's an SEO strategy person and all of my copy has SEO for the most part. So usually three to four months after the project, I'm like, hey, how's it going? Like, do you have any other wins? You know, how how's the strategy working for you things like that. So you could use it as an opportunity
1: to just check in with them. I love this PDF offboarding call thing. I'm like, can you turn that into a product I can buy? Like can I you know. templateize that? I want that too, please. I'll share it with you. Okay, <laughs> <great. Woo. laughs> I'm lucky. But yeah, that's a really that's yeah, that's really smart. I really like it and I do think Like just more personal touch points, which is so much your brand as well, like literally uh, on (laughs) on both sides, but more personal touch points probably will lend to a better testimonial, right? Mm -hmm. Especially when you're in delivery mode, as opposed to months later, when it might be like also time for optimization where you might not get the same sort of like excited or you might get way more excited if if it actually works. So then- Mm -hmm. Right. But I love this idea of like offboarding as a chance to gather a testimonial and also to look towards more projects. And then a couple months later, like, how is it working? Let's make it better. And here's another thing I might be able to do for you. If, if you are still, you know, in not in need, but wanting to fill your calendar with clients.
2: Yeah. And I think a lot of it is just Following your intuition and your gut instinct of like this client does want a lot more touch points. This one seems to not want. And we all know after we've worked with clients, it's like this one just wants the thing. So I'll just get the thing to them. (laughs) Or like this one likes the interaction and like the checking in and chit-chatting. So definitely trust your gut on that whenever you're interacting with your with your people.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we've got our testimonials from our clients. What then makes it helpful? SEO wise, like what does it need to include to be SEO juice?
2: (laughs) I (laughs) I love it. So again, you can use it in different ways. You can use it in your email that doesn't really have a huge SEO boosting property. I'm sure there's something and I just haven't stumbled across the information yet. But you can use it in emails. You can use it in those packets, even like the offboarding packet. You could use it in your your onboarding packet, or if you have like a pricing menu or something, you can also use it in social media. That really does help. We don't always think of social media as a place for SEO, but you'd be surprised. Like there's little mini search engines now. You can type something in Instagram and pull it up. You can type something in Pinterest is a big one. Pinterest is a big, big, big search engine one, Um, but all of them have those capabilities. So dropping them in there, talking about it in the caption, that's probably a whole other podcast episode. But then you can also use it on your website. And that's what we all want to know about. So being strategic with using keywords and key phrases that you want to show up for, that Google needs to know you for, and that your clients are searching for. So it's kind of like hitting that sweet spot. And I find that if you can keep those three things in mind, you write excellent headlines. You write much better, um, you know, when to pull in the testimonials better. Because I like to use the testimonials on web pages. You state a point, you talk about something, and then you back it up with the testimonial. So it's like, Brittany is a really awesome SEO copywriter, testimonial about how this person really enjoyed working with me, right? Like, even saying that feels awkward, but I just said it anyway. So using those strategically and then turning them into like the supporting headlines, which in the biz, we call them H2s and H3s. So they're not the biggest, most giant pieces of text. They're the slightly smaller ones, but not the teeny tiny body copy. And Google and other search engines pay attention to those. So just making sure that you have the keywords in certain key spots from those client testimonials can be really, really helpful and can help you show up for those.
1: Cool. Will admit to looking at your website right now. And it is oh, really? very, very good. <laughs> was it's not even was like my stuff. happiest. <laughs> I want to show it. I want to see it. Yeah, so good. I love Aww. it. Yeah. Need to see like how much wisdom you have after such a short time. And like you said, sponge, right? Just sponge. like yeah. And but also implementation because like we we could all take lots of courses or be in lots of groups, but actually practicing makes such a big difference.
2: It does. And that was one of the the points that I wanted to almost like disprove to myself because I kept hearing how expensive it was to do SEO and how complicated and you have to hire an agency and you can't do this yourself. And I'm the kind of tourist, I'm the kind of person that it's like, oh, I can't do it. Watch me. So that was a little bit of my spark of fire to investigate this and actually see if it was super complicated and costly and it's not, I mean, there's some really key foundational pieces that you can do, some just basics that you can implement and have success with it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm curious, like beyond testimonials, what are the other basics that you would point people towards looking into?
2: So I built, if, if we want to share, I built a whole cheat sheet, SEO cheat sheet around this because it's for on-page SEO. And I was like, no one knows this stuff. So I can create this little container to keep it organized, walk them through some of the really key elements, and then you can copy the Google document over and over for every blog post you write or every web page that you have. But without going into all of them, I feel like there's probably two to three that are really, really important. The first one is that headline, that big H1 headline. When you land on the web page. it's right there in your face. That's important for Google, and that's really important for people. Because people, you both know, we have like three to five seconds to get you (laughs) to read the rest of the page. If you don't want to read it in those three to five seconds, you're gone. You're going somewhere else for help. So super important to use a keyword, make sense, be clear over being clever and just really hook them in that headline. Um, The other thing that I would say is really important is actually something that's on the back end. So when you have your website, it's on like the hidden behind the scenes stuff. It's a two-part thing. It's your SEO title and description. And where we would actually see that in real life is if we do a Google search, you've got the answers that come up with the blue hyperlink and then the supporting text underneath. Those are the SEO title and description. So that is what a a website visitor would see that would either entice them to look or repel them away, and they're going to keep scrolling down the results page. So that's really important. And that's it sounds complicated, but it's really not too complicated to go and implement that for some of your big driving pages, your homepage or about page, um, maybe your contact page and services page. Like you can go and implement that pretty quickly. The last piece I would say is one that's not really thought of naming your images, hmm. being really strategic with how you name your images. I actually helped a photographer friend recently to rename her images. And she's like, really, I should be doing this. I was like, yeah, you should be doing this because Google's going to pull those images. So it'll be on the search results under images, probably more so than the links, you know, the main landing page that we see for the results.
1: So yeah, it's, it's really important. Okay. Let's talk about naming your images. You don't mean like captioning for blind people, right? What do you mean exactly? Kind of both. So you can
2: take advantage of that alt text. Yeah. We're all familiar with like Instagram alt text, but there's an and alt text as well for your image on your website. So with name the image, you're going to have a name, you're going to have an image title, and you're going to have the alt text. You could keep them the same. You could just copy and have them be the same. Totally fine. You could get a little bit more extra with the alt text. With the title, I like to keep that between three and five words. So let's say it's a headshot of mine. I've done this a lot recently. So it's Brittany-Hersberg-SEO-Copywriter, right? That's four. And that's going to help me hopefully show up when someone is searching for, you know, maybe they see me on Instagram and can't remember my name, Brittany-SEO, Brittany-Copywriter. Or maybe I have one that's like Brittany-Hersberg-Holistic-Healthcare or something like that. Ideally, I would like to show up for those things. They would see my face or they would see some other image, And like I said, it's going to be in that other, like the Google Images search results.
0: Right. You know, so many
2: things.
0: (laughs) Well, we'll link to that in the show notes. So anyone who wants that cheat sheet checklist sounds super helpful. Yeah. I want to just ask a question about this Yoast plugin that a lot of people use for SEO. And we were just having a conversation in in my mastermind the other day, where one of the, one of the women who is, who's really working to improve her SEO and it's a core strategy of hers, kind of wrote the article so that it would make Yoast happy. And Yoast is like, change this to this, to this. But then by the time she was done implementing all the recommendations, The actual article didn't really didn't flow. It didn't make sense anymore. There were all these random errors and it was suddenly like not written for a human. So how do you balance satisfying the bots with satisfying your actual human audience?
2: That's like the ultimate challenge with this, right? Is how do we make both happy? How do we get enough information across for both so that they can both make good decisions? The one needs to show you to the people. The other needs the people to take some form of action. You don't have to listen to everything that Yoast says. That's one thing that I learned really early on. Like it's helpful. It's going to guide you. It's going to point you in the right direction. But if you do follow everything, you are going to start writing for robots and not so much for the people so I would say when you're reading whatever copy it is that you have, that you're trying to make a little bit more SEO rich, keyword rich, read it. Have someone else read it that you trust or that is whoever the ideal person would be reading this. And have them see if it sounds like something that's engaging. Have it, Have them see if it sounds like you or sounds like even just sounds like a person would say that. Sometimes um, my boyfriend is actually an editor And his number one trick that I use almost every day is like, read it out loud. Mm. Because if you read it out loud, it's going to sound like whatever that person, we all talk, we like say it out loud in our heads. It's weird to say that, but like if you're reading anything, you're going to be talking it out in your head. So just read it out loud. And if it sounds funky with you reading it out loud, maybe call in extra, extra help. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's great advice for anything really that you write and put out there.
1: Yes. And also like it's SEO is important, but we're not just writing for search engine bots. Like that's like that might get us to the top of Google, but it's not going to get us like a client.
2: Right. And that's the challenge is, yes, you want to show up, but is that your only goal? No, you want to help people. Yeah, totally.
0: So where can we learn more from you, Britt? If our readers, listeners, listeners, That's why I'm like reading. Are you reading this podcast? (laughs) Yeah. If our listeners want to learn
2: more from you, where can they do that? Yeah. As we talked about, I spend way too much time over on Instagram. So feel free to come find me over there. Uh, My handle, I'm sure we'll link it, but it's my first name, Brittany underscore Herzberg. And the Herzberg is really confusing. So, (laughs) Um, and then my website is also my name. It's BrittanyHerzberg.com. Awesome. And we will link to that checklist. And
0: you have a really cool quiz on your site. So thanks to Shanti. (laughs) And yeah, and then your testimonial template offer will link to that as well. Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I learned a lot today. Thank you so much. Of course.
0: Whoa, look at you listening to the very end. We are so deeply grateful for you and borderline obsessed with hearing what resonated most and how you're taking the seeds planted in these conversations and sowing them in your life and business. It would mean more than you know if you would share this episode with a friend or subscribe, rate, leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Your reviews tell the algos behind the apps that we are worth pressing play on. So please, if you're feeling generous, take two minutes to share the love. And if you are curious around what your unique advantage is in this wild and wacky online world, take the unfair advantage quiz at shandyzack.com. Forward slash UA quiz. And thank you again, Sunshine. Go light up the world, and we'll see you next time.